Filmmaker Commentary, episode 165. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we cover movies with commentaries from directors who take the time to record them on Blu-ray and DVDs. We also give our detailed insights, so look out for spoilers. We discuss the latest in showbiz news along with movies and TV shows that we've been watching. So join Reginald Titus Jr. That's me. And Casey G. Smith. That's me. Every week here on Filmmaker Commentary. Yo, yo, welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, episode 165. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with Casey G. Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we're talking about Crimes of the Future, by written and directed by David Cronenberg, 2022. What kind of budget and box office for this feature? All right, so Crimes of the Future actually comes in on a budget of $35 million dollars. The budget was $35 million. $35 million. Okay. And um, box office worldwide, a whopping $4.6 million. Ooh. If I was to guess, that's an L. You don't even have to guess. <laughs> yeah. That's facts. Those are <laughs> straight facts. If I were to guess, I, I would have thought the number would have been the other way around. $4 million budget, $30 million, $15 million. You know what I mean? Not $35 million. I did not see it on the screen. <laughs> Where did it go? There's a lot of visual effects. $35 uh, million dollars worth? Building building this world? I guess. Holy yeah, that, smokes. That, is, that does surprise me a little bit, but... Yeah. Wow. That's an L, David Cronenberg. Oh, my God. Um, what was the, the, did they get any word awards or like, what was the sentiment at the time? Uh, award wise. So this won a few smaller awards, like the international cinephile society awards for, um, best supporting actress and Kristen Stewart and the, uh, best production design by Carol Spire, Demetrius Katsikis and, uh, Kimberly Zaharko. Uh, it was International Film Critics Society Best Horror Slash uh, Science Fiction Cannes Film Festival It was nominated for the Palme d'Or Won Mr. David Cronenberg So it did have that uh, Prestige of being nominated for the Palme d'Or Nominated and No win No uh, There was um, There's always tough competition there But to be nominated is an honor in and of itself Yeah And they did market that at the beginning I saw that um. Wow. Uh, distributors and distributed by Neon. Yeah, you know when it's Neon, it's going to be a little twisted. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> why. Anytime I've seen a Neon film, yeah. uh yeah, it's always what was that? What was that one with the 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 models? Uh, neon Demon. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that was rough. Um, we didn't. Even, did we cover that one? I don't. Kn- you know what? I don't think we. No, I don't think we officially covered that one. That one is, uh, oh man, that makes you just lose hope for humanity, honestly. Uh, <laughs> no, we have not covered Neon Demon. Um, not that I'm complaining. It <laughs> makes you just like, where do we go wrong as a people when you watch Neon Demon? Demon. Um, it seems like A24, like, I'll pass. We'll, we'll wait. Uh, <laughs> oh, we only got a million, bro. You can, we got a million. If you want to shoot this for a million, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, we'll take it. Sean Baker's like, we'll do it. (laughs) 
Holy smoke. $35 million. I would never would have guessed. Mm, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, before we talk further about crimes of the future, let's talk about TV, news, and movies watched. According to the Hollywood Reporter, box office, Marvel's Ant-Man 3 gets mauled by Cocaine Bear, suffers <laughs> record 69.7% drop. Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania may have won the weekend with $32.2 million, but got badly dinged by Cocaine Bear, which opened to a much better than expected $23.1 million for Universal. Okay. The faith-based Jesus Revolution also delivered strong numbers. Let's see what that came in at. Cocaine Bear. I mean, that's a title for you. Yeah, Jesus Revolution, which is named, which came in a strong number three, over-indexed in the South uh, and Midwest. Yeah, that's about all it gives me on that. Hmm. But yeah, so box office still popping. Yeah, seemed to be coming, uh, coming back around. Looks like Jesus Revolution did fifteen point five million. Pretty good for a faith-based film opening weekend. Yeah. Hmm. That one's got Kelsey Grammer, and I know I know it in my uh, church. They were showing some previews for it, and the the guy is partially based on Greg Lowry. He he does like I think Harvest America. He does like a like some like revival stuff. Like he mm-hmm. he, he came and, and spoke, and they showed some clips from the film. It looks it looks entertaining. Faith ba- uh, faith based films do well because of the grassroots marketing. Anytime mm-hmm. there's like a like a well well known, uh, even like regionally or locally um, preacher or somebody like that that's actually in the film, they do well because they just get support like grassroots support. I've seen it. So we've seen that with the um, the 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 war room. Was it right. Cool? TV no, pray, was a prayer room war room war, it was a war <laughs> Make sure room I got it right yeah so they like locally I mean everybody was supporting that it's like wow so these films can can do well because it's an underserved market right you find you find your market and you can't like they like there's a obviously an interest in Hong Kong and there have been I've, I've you know when I've been in theaters watching trailers I've seen multiple times things for faith based films I think particularly I mean I'm usually watching I don't know like hip you know, comic book based films where right. they know that it's, there's some kids there and that so not just kids but families I should say. Yeah. And they'll, you know, drop trailers for those. But I've seen that numerous times. I think most notably is uh Chosen, the Chosen. Um hopefully I'm saying that one right. But that one been doing fantastic. Chosen, the Chosen. Anyhow. Yeah. Thought it would ring a bell. Uh <laughs> Uh, is that it for news? Yeah, that's all we got for news. What you been watching, brother? All right, I've watched a couple of things, so I, I wanted to check out, especially you know this being the 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 tail end of Black History Month. Boom! I want to check out some black content. Okay. So, uh, one Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which is streaming on Disney Plus. Now, I know for for many of you that name will be brand new to you. Uh, I'd actually read some of uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur's uh, comic books. Uh, a couple years back, uh, mm-hmm. just because I thought, okay, cool, we've got we've got another black heroine out there. Plus, I mean, again, she's a she's a, a young teenage girl, but she's pegged as one of the smartest people in in like the Marvel universe, like smarter than oh, Tony okay. Stark, smarter than Reed Richards. That makes sense. Okay. We're talking like super genius intellect. And I found out with this show, it's actually uh, Lawrence Fishburne is one of the executive producers on it. I found I saw a clip online when he was talking on the View, talking about how the this uh, show was developed. 
I dig it so far. I've watched mm-hmm. several episodes. I don't know if you had a chance to, to check it out. No, yet. I haven't checked that one out yet. Definitely, man. Like, have your daughter check it out. Like, okay. this, this is definitely um, aimed at, I think, giving a lot of encouragement to, mm-hmm. to, to young black girls um, in regards to the, the uh, like, STEM, you know. Okay, got it. Science, technology, engineering, math, and Luna Luna Lafayette, right? Marv always loves that that alliteration. Uh, <laughs> she uh, she she personifies that, but it's got mm-hmm. it's got a lot of flavor to it. That okay. I'd be I'd be interested to, to yeah, I'd be interested to hear to, to hear your take, like how like what what do you, what you think about how it's been. I think I think it's 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 nicely done. It feels mm-hmm. I don't think it feels inauthentic. I think mm-hmm. I think like they've because sometimes like when they do those things it can feel you know feels like forced or kind of cheesy but yeah and you got to have the right creators behind it um i know ludicrous and i believe his daughter uh they develop a series on netflix it's the, um, the young girl who who sings it's animated and she's like a rapper mm-hmm. and so that one's well done my daughter really liked that one but then another thing came out it was called uh, gabby something that one's on netflix she she digs that one and then independent production animation it's called Gracie's Corner on YouTube. That's like it's blown up everywhere because it's independent people okay. that are creating this just girl that's like saying ABCs and all this stuff and, and doing it to music. So it's not like the the usual boring melodic Amy she bull crap. You know, it actually has some hip hop flavor to it while they're singing mm. the ABCs and it's like you find like the the parents like kind of jamming to it. You see them on like the TikToks and all this stuff, like, what is this? And then it's got everybody involved. So that's like been like a viral sensation. Gracie's corner? Uh-huh. All right, all right. But yeah, so far Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur. Yeah, a lot of fun. Some some good lessons, and it's it, it's some cool representation. Yeah, uh, that that's in the mix. We're gonna so, check that one out. Yeah, definitely. I think worthwhile checking out. Um, I also I, I last time last episode I mentioned I had started watching the Woman King, and so I finished that one. Yeah, pretty pretty awesome. Good. Really, I really enjoyed the the Woman King, the performances, the power, and honestly, after seeing this, when I think about it, if Marvel decides to 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 have a recast uh, T'Challa, mm-hmm. I think John Boyega could absolutely pull it, pull it off. After seeing oh, him in sure. this role and seeing him play the role of a king, I'm like, yeah, I could definitely see him as a T'Challa. Yeah, I mean, he's he's solid though. Just looking at his body of work, mm-hmm. but like absolutely, actually, yeah. But to see him like pull off being, I'm like, yeah, man, John John Boyega can handle it. I also watched uh, last night on uh, on um, Peacock. I watched Megan in oh, M3 M3 Agen. Snap. Okay. My kids want to watch this. Now let me know what's up. It's again, we're talking like Friday the thirteenth. Straight up Friday the th- no, excuse me, straight up Chucky vibes. We just watched Chucky too, by the way. As original a, or the as remake? a family. Re- original or the, the remake. The first one. Oh. The original. <laughs> How did that go? I gotta, I gotta ask. How did the, so, how did the young ones handle so it? So our thing is horrific Friday. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like a thing in the family now. We try to watch like PG thirteen films um, every now and then. Most some horror doesn't fit into that vibe. You know, depending on how much blood is involved and brief nudity. Really, that's kind of like the main things. Sure. That, that push it to rated R. Um, but I was like, all right. I think we all, as kids, we've all seen Chucky. My, my wife, she saw it and was horrified as a kid watching it. And all my kids were scared to watch it, except my middle child. He's like, I want to watch it. I want Caden. He even wants to watch it. And all the kids are like, no. And I was like, let's go ahead and do it. So launch it up. 
they had a blast watching it. You know, they were just like when he would like run around and stuff like that, they would laugh. It was like that nervous laugh, like, ha ha. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, y'all are scared. You're laughing because you're scared. Uh-huh. <laughs> nervous to try to calm the nerves. <laughs> this, is, this is fun, Dad. This, this is fun. fun. Yeah, they had a blast, though, watching that. I was like, okay, all right. Maybe we'll level up next time. So they're, they, they as a as a group, they enjoyed it. They could, they could handle Megan. Okay. Yeah, they could handle they could handle make it. Even though like the version on Peacock's apparently unrated, but it's it's not crazy gory. Like okay. there's 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 some death scenes in it, but it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. that bad. A little bit a little bit of blood. There's there's no nudity. None, there's none of that. And it's you know it's kind of dealing. Yeah, they, they'd be able to handle making just fine. Okay. Cool. And it, and it's it's updated, so it'll be a nice kind of boop. Um, I also watched. Uh, did I mention I watched Be Cool? Maybe uh, I watched Get Shorty with John Travolta. We we talked about that from the nineties, but then Be Cool, you told me was the um, sequel to that, and I was like, oh, I didn't put that together, and so I ended up watching that that again on YouTube as well. Aha, uh-huh. um, was it on YouTube? I don't remember, but Be Cool, what Be Cool? Yeah, Get Shorty was, but Be Cool, like I feel like it's just like a tad bit, just a little bit too late. You know, like sometimes too many years can kind of go by, you know, especially like during Tr- John Travolta during his comeback. Sure. Um, but it is dealing with the, um, a older version of his character. So like he kind of let it slide. So he gets involved into the music industry and him being his character being from like a mafia background. He kind of actually works for him. Um, yeah. Overall was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. I thought I wasn't going to like it. Ah, I remember watching that one just because The Rock was in it. Yeah, you know? and I, I I've still never seen Get Shorty. I just yeah. I just jumped right into Be Cool. I found out there, oh, it's a sequel to Get Shorty. Yeah, it, but it didn't. I think Get Shorty was better, but Be Cool's an okay follow up. Okay, Be Cool is cool. Yeah. So I've started watching the the Murdoch. Murders. Oh, the uh, southern. What they say, like a southern a, tale or something. A southern scandal. <laughs> I, I watched maybe like the first ten minutes of that, but uh, so you watched the whole thing. Uh, I'm on. I'm at the end of episode two of three. Wow, it's it's riveting. It's 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 uh, it's Dang. it's engaging. You're like, oh, like when you, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I guess some people might might know like, okay. what all has been going down, but it's. You're you know hearing from the people that were involved in the family and the the first part of it I'm like whoa, and then and then when you get to the second episode and how the the mother and the and the son are are murdered it's like just kind of getting into that I may be on the third episode beginning of the third episode but when you hear about the son he was involved with this boating accident where he was you know driving a boat with friends and he was he was drunk and. Uh, one one of the girls, one of the passengers died. Yeah, and and he was uh, supposed to be going on trial and all this kind of stuff, and and yeah. they're 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 interviewing all the, like his friends who were on the boat, and they even talk about how when the once the accident happened, like their power, their family so powerful that like the dad came to the hospital and along with his his dad, like the grandfather who kind of you know they're so established, like they were they were sowing discourse and making it seem like another passenger was driving instead of the son and dang and uh even when like the son went to uh court like he 
He, he would, it was never put in a jumpsuit. He was never put in cuffs. Like just like special treatment, like privilege all the way. and power. Yeah. And so then it's it's crazy then that he and the mother are the ones that end up dead on the property. Oh. So anyway, that's kind of like where where I'm at. But it's like, man, it's uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely intriguing. Yikes. But yeah. The the Murdoch murders. A southern scandal. A southern scandal. I do declare. <laughs> Uh man, sad what happened to that series. Uh, uh, what's the name? Kevin Spacey. Oh, that's what when you say I declare is what reminded me of mm. House of Cards. Man, any rate, <laughs> um, Frank Underwood. Frank Underwood, unbelievable. That show came in so hot that first season. Yeah, like just to, like the like the. We were so excited, like when that season ended, and he's like looking at us at the end of that sh- at the end of that uh, season, and he's like getting closer and closer to <laughs> becoming the president, and he's like, "I'm getting closer." Basically, I was like, "Dang, <sighs> unfortunate." Dang, they they missed that landing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, horrific Friday. We watched um, a movie called Mister Harrigan's Phone. Do tell. It's on Netflix. It is about Craig, a young boy who befriends the elderly billionaire John Harrigan. Craig then gives him a mobile phone. However, when the man dies, Craig discovers that he can communicate with his friend beyond the grave. And the guy who plays the boy, um, he's the same kid that was in the movie It, the older brother that lost Georgie. So the one that always felt guilty because his brother died. Right. So he's the one that's paying the main character in here. Nice. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, the kids, we watched that together. We watched that one first, PG-13, and then we went over to Chucky. Chucky. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. I, I actually recommend this one. This one was good. Okay. Cool. Uh, I've still been rocking through some uh, mixed-ish, as well as, of course, The Last of Us, which is still, man, Last of Us is it's been good. Okay. Been How many episodes before it's done? I'm going to guess it's going to be between eight to ten episodes. That's kind of oh, because they're just kind of dropping it weekly. Yeah. Okay. That's, I'm going to guess it's gonna, that's going to be the mo. And again, it's uh, like they occasionally have like the the violence in them and them battling the clickers, but a lot of it's just the the story and the characters. And uh, yeah, it's 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 it is well done, very very well done. Uh, I got caught up. I think I'm fully caught up, but I, I, I watched a number of episodes of Young Rock, which is a show that mm-hmm. I just love, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's still good. Like that show, that show hits for me. Just seeing like and all the all the actors who are involved and, and just going through his his career, and, and right. at now it's at a point where he what he was doing his very first couple of acting gigs. Like he some roles I didn't even know about. He he kind of Vince had him show up on a couple of TV shows, just real small roles, and mm-hmm. then. When he hosted SNL, which I, I so remember that man, I was I was in college still. I was like, "Yo, Rock's hosting SNL." I was like, <laughs> flipping out over that. But he did a, he did a really good job. Okay, and then from there, then he gets the role in the, the Mummy Returns. Oh yeah, the Scorpion King. He's a Scorpion King, which I didn't I didn't see. I didn't care about the Mummy franchise. Those graphics are horrendous. Oh now man, like then he then he gets the Scorpion King. I tried to watch that yeah. like in. The past five years, and I was like, "No, this is really, really bad." Yeah, I could. I, could, I mean, I normally I can get past visuals, but this was. Yeah, I was like rock uh. starter graphics. Mm. But I, I, I did enjoy him in uh, 
The Rundown. That's one of his earlier oh, films. Oh, yeah, that one was solid. That's yeah. like, you know, that was, might as well be wrestling, yeah. you know, in that one. That was good because right. putting a little bit of his football stuff in it, you know, it just, it felt like a, uh, like a complete character. Mm-hmm. There's some good funny moments. Him and uh, the his co-star, his name is Scott something. But anyway, but that's the sub. Anyway, yeah, but Young Rock is, is continuing to, to kill it. Very entertaining. Uh, and Emily in Paris, Cheers, and, and Rap-ish. Oh, did you finish it? Rap-ish? No. <laughs> it's not yet. When he said no, it was a frown on his face. I was like... <laughs> it, it, it wasn't. It was, it's little, not reflecting the show. She said, I'm not there yet. It's been on my list and like... I mean, I haven't, I haven't Let's get back through this. <laughs> no, when I watch episodes, I, I enjoy it, but I just... That's funny. Yeah, it was like, no, I still, I still have plenty of... The, the frown was, oh, no, I still okay. have more episodes. I misread watch. it. Ah, no, no <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Red Rocket, the movie called Red Rocket. After watching Sean Baker's film, uh, The Florida Project, I was like, I want to check out his most recent film Red Rocket um, is starring I think his name is Simon Rex or Rex Simon um, he is a uh, like back in the day he was like on uh, MTV Jockey or something like that he was like this rising star at one point in time but I think he just kind of got too annoying for the public either Rex Simon or Simon Rex look at that uh, but anyhow this is a the, the actual movie is about Mike Saber a charismatic con man and washed up porn star he plots his return to the big time from small town Texas in the story of an American hustler in a hometown that barely tolerates him um it's good okay. I, I didn't think I don't I didn't know what to I didn't I didn't know what to expect from it um but yeah this dude is so charismatic his character that People, it, I don't know if you've met somebody like this in life where they're like, you know, they're not going to do the right thing, but they're so charming that you're like, you know what? You just give them a, give them a, all right, let's go. Let's give, give the old college try. Right. <laughs> you know, you're going to get screwed over, but you're like, you know what? You're entertaining or you make me feel good. So why not? <laughs> yes. That's, that's a powerful thing, man. You're like, oh man. Yeah. Well, it's hard to, hard to say no. Like that's super charismatic. Poison. Yeah, Red Rocket. That's on Showtime. That's you know like the A twenty four stuff. It's uh, it's on a million dollar budget. Well done too. Like from an art standpoint, okay. some people can take lessons from what Sean Baker's doing. Instead of blowing up the budgets, keep the budgets low because you you know you, the the audience to some of these films can you know if they not supported at least you can still be profitable and and survive to the next film. Good point. Good point. You been watching anything else? Uh no man that is that is it one more I watched on Showtime it's a a limited um uh, it's a Showtime original called Supervillain the making of Takashi Six Nine are you familiar with Takashi Six Nine oh it sounds familiar but he's uh probably one of the most infamous rappers of recent memory. <laughs> Uh, Latino guy rapping, uh, just got involved with just the wrong folks, went down the wrong path, ended up ratting on every single person he could in order to get himself free. He is like one of the most infamous rats. Like to this day, he's, I think according to his lifestyle, he's still, he's still rich and stuff like that, but he has to be under constant surveillance because he might die any moment, you know, people are after him. Dude, these people are serving 20 years, 15, 10, 8-year prison sentences because guy, of... Guy, he flipped. Oh, man. 
Are they serving time because they did crimes? Um, possibly. But here's the thing: like it's it's um, you remember there's something called a RICO, and the RICO laws is what got like the mafia kind of caught up. So it was like if you were even associated with somebody that was in the mafia, you would get caught up in like the whole RICO. Uh, law that's how they were able to finally like shut down the mafia it was like dude just because you're associated 20 years 10 years that's Mm. so yeah and so that's how they were able to get uh this guy and all his associates they were real gang members and stuff like that but uh he just got sucked in he just went down the wrong path man it's it's very interesting and sad What's the name of it? It's called Supervillain, The Making of Takashi 69. Where'd you catch that one? On Showtime. And the cool thing... Um, is that his real face? Dude, yeah. Yeah. This is, But this is a um, like a, a character. Like you... Like your characters... What do you call them? <laughs> Create a character? Almost. But it looks like a... Like what you call it? Action figure? Action figure. Well, escape me. Ah. So how they do the documentary is like they show him regular uh-huh. uh, as an action figure. And then they just start saying, okay, this is what makes an action figure. I mean, not actor. This is what makes a supervillain. First, you got to have trauma. And so they kind of go through all the things that kind of cause him trauma in his life. Mm-hmm. And then they start adding different things. Like, you know, when he starts getting the tattoos, what happens in his life? And then how did he become this character? Because before he becomes this character, he's just a regular Latino guy. Mm. You know, living in New York, and it's just kind of they show they visually show it through that action figure how he develops into this person. Not Pretty get, cool. Not getting enough love. Not getting in. Nah, 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 nah. So it's uh yeah, it was an interesting way to to show how this person becomes who they are known for. And where'd you see this um, super villain? Uh, Showtime. 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 Anytime. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. That one was, that was, I didn't think I would like it, but it was surprisingly good. Good share, good share. I've also well, okay. I've also been watching GI Joe, Renegade. Okay. On Tubi. Oh, Tubi. Which has been enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Nice, uh, nice take again. It says it's like the A team of, of of GI Joe. It's a small group on the run, and Cobra is a corporation. Okay. But really terrorist still. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's that's been that's been cool to see that how they flip that and different. Then you come across different characters from the series, but they're like in different capacities, and all of a sudden they they give them names that they had from the series. I don't know. I'm like, huh? All right, that's a that's a nice little spin. Um, today's show is sponsored by Natural Head, the movie by Grind of Matter Films, available to stream on Tubi as well as Roku on demand. Please check it out and leave a review. And now let's jump back into the show. Thank you for tuning in to Filmmaker Commentary. We're talking about Crimes of the Future, written and directed by David Cronenberg, 2022. Let's jump into the synopsis. As the human species adapts to a synthetic environment, the body undergoes new transformations and mutations. With his partner Caprice, Sal Tenser, celebrity performance artist, publicly showcases the metamorphosis of his organs in avant-garde performances. Timlin, an investigator from the National Organ Registry, obsessively tracks their movements, which is when a mysterious group is revealed. Their mission, to use Sal's notoriety to shed light on the next phase of human evolution. Crimes of the future. 
And if this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. You've been forewarned. How did you watch this film? How did you find out about it? My God. Well, before we dive into that, let me rattle off some of the the cast members okay. of Crimes of the Future. Mm-hmm. We have one Viggo Mortensen in the role of Saul Tenser. We have Lee Kornowski as in the role of Joanna. Uh, we also have Leia Sedo in the role of Caprice. We have Scott Speedman in the role of Lang Dotris. Of course, the famed Kristen Stewart as uh, Timlin and one Don McKellar as Whippet, along with uh, Nadia Litz as Router and Tanya Beatty as Burst. Uh, and then also Welkit Bungui as Cope. Hmm. Yeah, those would be the, the kind of the main the main players in the in the film. Okay. Uh, I first heard about <laughs> this from we were actually Actually, in, the, in in our news section, as I was like mm-hmm. looking for news someday and looking at what was going on at at, at cons, mm-hmm. and this film popped up, yeah. and then I saw you know oh Cronenberg okay yeah. I like the fly, <laughs> Let's, uh, the fly was gross yeah. but it, but it was good I fly is a special place in my heart yeah it does um, that one's good I, yeah that was solid yeah so I was like right, let's check out the trailer. And we may have we may have both watched the trailer here or yeah. watched it separately on our devices, but we watched it. And I was like, "Yeah, hmm, uh, I don't know about this one. It looks, <laughs> I don't know, David. Yeah, this one it it, it looks dark. Like it was there, like there was something uh, sexual, but yet dealing with like cutting and and things like that. And it's like uh, I don't know. Yeah, but that's how we heard about it. But I knew it had gotten some film uh, or some. Uh, Film festival notoriety. Yeah. And so that kind of stuck in the back of our minds. So we've been doing this run of film festival darlings. Mm-hmm. And as we were trying to decide, this one popped back up. <laughs> and we said, why not? Why not? And uh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Crimes of the future. Um, How about yourself, Reginald? Yes. <laughs> when I saw that trailer, when you brought it up, while when we looked at it a while ago, I was like, I'm pretty good at determining. I think I'm about like a seven out of ten as far as determining if a film is gonna be good. This one I was unsure, but I was, <laughs> I was unsure, but I was like, something tells me. <laughs> yeah, dealing with the subject because just dealing with the subject matter just it doesn't it's not appealing to. In my opinion, I feel like it's not appealing to most humans. Yeah, it's. It's this is not for the faint of heart, and even if your your heart is very strong, this just still may not be for you. This one is is this was tough. Uh, we uh, we obviously we cover a whole lot of films here yeah. on filmmaker commentary, and we're sure our audience you watch all kinds of films as well. You can find appreciation, and you can find you know things you like or don't like about films, and 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 yeah, you can have different levels of of tolerance for what what will phase you or not. Um, this one pushes it. Yeah. It it it, uh, it does push it. And I know with Cronenberg, there's going to be a certain degree of what people call body horror. Yeah. And this film, you know, was going to let you know that some of that was coming, but it's 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 different. Uh, and we're going to dive into kind of why it's different, but uh, but yeah, and even you know we'll get into the the story behind it, but you know, I wish I had just rented this film. 
versus <laughs> making a purchase. Cause I don't, I don't think I'll be going in back. Collection waiting to be watched. Yeah, I don't, I don't see myself going back. To I this agree, one hundred percent. Soon, because I don't, I don't know that there's any additional value I'll get out of it. Yeah, so. I agree. Yeah, you're right. I wish I would have rented it. I just bought it. Why did I buy this? That's the question. Um. I just yeah I just bought the Blu-ray but yeah look at the Blu-ray the Blu-ray is solid like it's clean like yeah. super like it's popping um you, yeah it, it's it's super crisp you, from the very first scene like dang okay this looks good yes it, it's it's well shot I think the performances are are solid um the sound I thought was like sounds like because I, I, I watched this and I had I had earbuds or headphones on mm-hmm. and. I don't know about you, but I could, in certain scenes, in particular when uh, the main character was was around, when Saul mm-hmm. was around, I would hear like like flies, like and this like That's buzzing gross. of flies. I'm like, That's disgusting. like like rotting flesh. Like, what is that? Why are there flies around? But I would I, there's at least four different occasions oh, where I no. specifically hear the buzzing of the flies. That's disgusting. Mm. And then him with all his coughing and grunting. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> like watching him trying to eat. I'm like, ah, I'm done with this. <laughs> In that nasty ass chair. That's a, I'm like, ah, this is. Because uh, all the machinery in here is so like organic. It looks almost alien. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me actually a little bit of the alien films. Yeah. Because it's like this like almost or- organic crustacean slash insect like. Bone. Yeah, it's like oh, this is, yeah, it's off. Um, what did you like or not like? That kind of goes right into it. What did I like? I liked, I liked it. I mean, this, this is bold, and so I, I, I will give it credit for that. This is, <laughs> this is bold, and I had to watch some interviews to listen to Cronenberg because you know this didn't have this didn't have commentary. Like explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I want to get it. Like what, what kind of you know. Spurred you to do this, and Cronenberg in an interview that I saw on on the queue, may he talked about how because there's a lot of cutting open and things like that, and he talked about how like he feels like that's how that's any artist like like when you make a movie that you are taking something from within you yeah. and you are pulling it out and exposing it for everybody to see and and react to, and I'm like, huh, that's <laughs> I mean- okay. But he's just like having it kind of literally be on, on on display. But the, I, I I understand the metaphor. Yeah. But this is like just like a, a, a different level. People are literally cutting themselves open, and um, Caprice and Saul are, are doing this as, as entertainment. But yeah. But so I I, I applaud the boldness of of, of mm. going for it because yeah. like yeah this is bold. Uh, but I don't like the way it makes me feel. Like yeah. it, it feels I'm like ugh this is. This is this is gross, and everybody's just a little. I mean, it's a, it's a dark future, and I've seen you know interesting, twisted, or weird characters. Everybody, everybody's just a little, a little, mm, yeah. a little weird. Yeah, where you, you kind of want to like them, and it's like people are all very weird, very strange. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to find a way to connect to you. The most I can I can say is that I I, I do like, or or at least I I, I feel the relationship between Saul and Caprice. Mm-hmm. Like they have something that's like there's there's passion there. I don't. I mean, I think it's love, 
But I'm not, I'm not 100%. I mean, I think, I think it is love. She, she, she clearly cares for him. He cares for her. But initially, I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, what, what, what kind of relationship do they have? Is she just caring for him? Okay, no, they have a performing relationship. Oh, no, they have an intimate relationship. And there's something there. So I, I like that, and I appreciate the performances as a, as a whole. How about you? Um, what did I like or not like? I did not like just the body just deconstruction, <laughs> I guess, when I see it. It's just gross. Um, yeah. When it reminds me of the movie Blade, like when the vampires, they have like their blades and they're like cutting open each other's backs and doing like mm. strange stuff. You do that to kind of show like the demons or the vampires and like this is how they get off. And that's it. You know, it's like you don't want to see a whole movie of it. You're just like, oh, they're, those are the bad people. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Right. <laughs> but this doesn't, this doesn't give you that. It's like, just keep this, this is what turns in this society. This is what turns people on. Yeah. And I think again, like, like, like you read in the description, we learn that in this future society, people are no longer able to feel pain. Right. Like society has evolved to a point of not being able to feel pain. And so now things that are, um, what would have previously been kind of equated to pain is somehow like pleasurable. Yeah. Even to the point where, being cut and performing operations is like it like is stimulating to them yeah uh, and that's really hard for mo- I mean I know, I know some people get off on pain right you have you know sadomasochism yeah. right okay I get that but this is different where they 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 register pain differently yeah um, it, it's and to me it's it feels like the world isn't complete because there's so many questions because I don't feel like this is a world that even though they say they don't feel or the, I, I think it needs to be more developed on like, how, how do we get here? How mm. it, it just seems like we're just there and we're just at these different set pieces or these different scenes. There's very quick exposition that explains like the way the world is. It was like, you know, like one person like mentioned, okay, you know, because this happened, this happened. And then we no longer had this or this or this. I think, I don't know. I think it's when that when the when the when the black cop is is talking to the two people in the bureau who are mm-hmm. you know cataloging stuff. Like, I think that's kind of when the exposition of how the world is begins to come out. And it's like, huh? But I think one other thing that makes you uncomfortable that makes me made me uncomfortable is like the very beginning of the film. Yeah, you see this mother kill her child. Oh yeah, like right. straight up like suffocating with the pillow. You're like, oh that's that's dark, dude. And yeah. the kid's eating. You know crunching on uh, this plastic waste basket and you're like that's gross why are you so like with that, that scene to kind of build it out more like that that's the first scene of the film the first scene is like you see this water you see this like broken boat in the middle of the ocean or like on the coast and we kind of step back and it's just kid just kind of digging in the water a little bit and it's like man this is a beautiful shot you know mm-hmm. it looks great and then his mom's in the background like don't eat any of the Plastics. Uh, she's don't, t- don't you eat anything in? Don't you eat anything out there? Yeah. And she's adamant about it, like really adamant. Like, man, why is she coming down on this kid so hard? Right. We're on his side already. But you see, kids put you know, like small kids put stuff in their mouth all the time or whatever. Yeah. And you got you got to warn them. But this kid, he's like he's maybe, older. Yeah, he's like maybe eight, nine. You, he, you shouldn't be have to tell this kid that. Yeah. Uh, and and the can that he had, it was like this older can. He's like, hmm, he's just digging for stuff to eat, I guess. Uh, but we don't see that. But then, fast forward, he's in the restroom. 
and then supposed to be brushing his teeth, right? I guess so, getting ready for bed. But instead, he's sitting crouched down next to the toilet, and he has one of the plastic trash cans, a small trash can, maybe about half a foot tall. He has both his arms around it, hugging it, and he's just biting into it like a <laughs> Dorito. <laughs> you hear the crunch. You hear the crunch, and you uh, and, and he and he's sitting there, and you see like this like white film like around around his mouth. Yeah. You're like what is going on? And 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 the mother like it looks good too. The way he's eating, it's like hey, trash can look tasty. The he's, way he's going in on it, like it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was rough. And then so I was like, oh, what is this? Okay, that's why she told him not to eat the plastic because he's like going to town on this trash yes. can. And you're like, man, how's his Teeth? mouth not getting jacked up? It's and, all bloody and stuff, but no blood, just just a little, just a little white like. Stuff that you see streaming down his face, so and then, disgusting. Too. And then you see, you know, he's in bed, and you see the mother come into the room, the doorway, and she's got a pillow in hand, and you're like, no. And then she slowly like gets on top and straddles the kid, and you're like, no. And then sure enough, she takes that pillow and places it over him, and the kid starts to to squirm. No, she doesn't straddle first. She just puts a pillow on him. He starts to kick and squirm, and then yeah. she she literally like straddles him, and then she just lays on top of him, lays flat. Yeah, and that's rough. It's a way, bad way to go out. Yeah. Yeah. So Uncomfortable from the jump. You're like, oh, man. Yeah, it took a turn real quick. And then she calls and calls a number and literally is saying that the father can come and find the body there at the house, but she won't be there. Mm-hmm. You're like, what is happening? Yeah, man. So that's how the movie starts out. Um, our main character walks around town dressed like Sub-Zero. <laughs> like the shadow <laughs> a ninja he's a ninja outfit I'm like what are you doing yeah I don't know fashion wise I don't get that but like this is a as 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 much as people have quote unquote evolved in this timeline there's a lot of stuff that's not there you don't see any cars that's true they're I just bet, walking around this random town they say like like society is partially kind of like broken down yeah but um so like this dystopian society. Yeah, but you yeah, but it, you don't see a lot of the you all you get. And you see these locations, like you go to these these locations and see stuff. That's why I say like it feels like the world isn't developed, and uh, I don't like that. Sure, I, I can see what you'd want, what you'd want a little more. And again, I'll be honest, like the main character was Saul. I don't quite understand him because, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's all of a sudden when he's. But like when I first saw him meeting with the cop, I'm like, wait, what? He's he's an undercover. Is he an undercover cop? Is he a snitch? Like, what's going on? And then I'm like, so if he's against his performance stuff, is he gonna ride out his partner? Is he gonna ride out Caprice? Yeah, like that. I'm like, ah, I, yeah, that kind of is weird to me. I don't quite understand it. I'm like, what are you? It's what's like his if, ultimate aim? Yeah, people like just psychopaths or something because they don't feel anything. You know what I mean? Like, does that affect, like, mentally are they that way? They don't have a moral compass? Man, not being able to, like, feel pain. Yeah. I don't know, that's, that's a... And, and I was like, okay, so it's one thing if they can't feel pain and they're doing all this stuff, but, like, what about infections and, you know... The, they they talked about that. They uh, said that people, like, they they've their, their immune systems are so strong that people don't even wash their hands anymore. Yeah, they did. They say mentioned that, that. Like they people did don't even wash that. their hands anymore. And even like when that when that guy put down his bar, his little like plastic bar, <laughs> the little Hershey kiss that's purple. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the other guy was just looking at him, then grabs it. Who I know now, he was undercover. He was under. He was yeah, undercover agent, guy. Yeah, and he ate that and <laughs> dies. This purple Hershey bar. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. He made that look good the way he was eating. I was like, man, I want one of those. No, I don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you think you do. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I, I could see it coming that ultimately Saul was going to have to start eating that plastic stuff. When he when yeah. his throat got jacked up and he couldn't, yeah. couldn't swallow anymore, I'm like, oh, he's going to have to turn in that plate. His, his, his throat is evolving for him to have to eat that plastic stuff. I, yeah. I, I, had, I had those vibes. I was like, he's going to be a plastic eater. And credits. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Cronenberg. Mm. Um, uh, so there wasn't uh, anything else that you like or didn't like? Uh, no. Okay. No, not, not really. You? Hey, you know, that's it. So I'll put <laughs> I didn't like the movie overall. And yeah. there's very few times when I say that outright. But uh, this is one of those. I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. Yeah, it's, it's, no. I, I really. I would recommend it for the wrong reasons. It's like, hey, you want to see a movie you won't like? Check this out. Like, I got a, like a short list of movies I could recommend that you probably won't like. Mm. This is on that list now. Yeah, you know, you know what? Uh, in a different light, like when we watched uh, Irreversible. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you feel like, yeah. I mean, it's not quite that. Like that opening scene with like that that sound that's like uh, uh, discombobulating, and uh, that's a that's not a film that I would like uh, recommend to anybody or no. to go back and. Yeah, this is not quite like like that. Is like repulsive. Yeah, this is gross, but not like straight repulsive to me like like that was that yeah. was that was because that that one uh reversible it felt like it was real in a way mm. i don't know how they was able to ground it but it felt real yeah uh, yeah yeah that one. this one's different this is on the short list mm. <laughs> yeah um, so there wasn't any commentary, but uh, there was a special feature on there. What did you think about the special feature? Too short. Yeah. Like, again, we got this because again, this one doesn't have a doesn't have a commentary track, but it has one feature uh, entitled "The Making of the Crimes of the Future." But it's four minutes, and honestly, you I got more from dropping the name of the movie in YouTube and finding some interviews. Yeah, I, I got more uh, from that than from the uh, the featurette. Same. The only thing I was able to get was just like from a stylistic standpoint, seeing why I was like, what did they shoot with? I wanted to see what they were shooting with to make it seem so clear because it felt digital and um, it looked like they were shooting on a red camera. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, that's how they were able because it's just a different, it's just a different look. Um, tone. What tone do you think they were hitting with this? Uh, for tone, I put dark and sexy. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's a dystopian society. Yeah, but it does have that art, artsy vibe because I mean they're they are artists for I guess the the elites in their society. I don't know if anybody's elite. Everybody seems I don't know. I guess if you could it's afford, like miss, people are missing. Yeah, I think those who I guess I think that. Uh, while people evolved, I think definitely some uh, died off. Yeah, or uh, didn't didn't make it. I, 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 one thing I don't like, even I'm looking here at the, at the the back of this key art when they show the image of this guy with all these ears on him. Yeah, I feel like this is like just a almost like a 
not quite clickbait, but it's like oh, this, this guy appears like for one scene. His 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 look is it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, unique and repulsive, and and he's almost like a a poser, if you will, because they say you know those ears that he has, extra ears that they don't even work. You know, <laughs> it's just creepy. like for show. Yeah, that that he's a better dancer than he is or whatever. So I'm like, eh, yeah. So the I think even on some renditions of this, like that might this may be like the key or the main key art. But anyway. Hmm. Yeah, that does not sit well. Uh, from a music, the music is done by Howard Shore. Um, you have any things I, to say about the music? I like I like the music. Yeah. It 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 it's gripping and compelling. It feels like it's moving you forward. Uh, and the sound the the sound effects in this are are are, are good. Yeah. They they add to the the discomfort and. Yeah, what's what's taking place, and they they match up well with like the whether something's being cut, or sutured, drilled, the sound of the flies, like these damn flies coming. <laughs> the music is needed. The score is needed. I mean, early when the first scene comes on, there's music playing, cuts, and then it turns ominous when we see the kid eating the trash can, and it gets even more ominous when he gets killed. But that music is much needed in in this movie to push us through it. Yeah, driving you through. Um, do you think this has a set style? Yes, yes. The, the film itself is very stylistic. It's, it's it's for the most part, it's pretty warm. I think yeah. throughout, but also kind of the the look of everything feels like kind of natural and earthy to a certain degree, organic, yeah. even though it's it's. Like everything feels a little dilapidated and, and and old, but yet when you see some of the machinery that they're using, mm-hmm. it I don't know I feel I feel like aesthetically it's kind of taking some vibes from a uh, again I mentioned Alien before, but also from a uh, uh, what's our movie with with Harrison Ford? Oh, Harrison Blade Ford. Runner, like a little, uh, bit, a little bit of Blade Runner vibes, yeah, kind of like that kind of like meshing together. But again, like I said, we're just not seeing that much of these cities. I don't think there's that much to see, but it, it seems like, yeah, it's just a worn down. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this dystopian vibes to it. What about you stylistically? Um, yeah, I would agree stylistically. Um, it seems like just set pieces, like they just built set pieces for them <laughs> to act in instead of like being in a more realistic environment. Um, behind the scenes, I saw some green screen stuff and all that. And I was like, okay, these are just sets and they're just going from set to set. And it looks like they were, they did this during COVID cause I see the mask and everything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, it feels like there's a distance in, th- in the production. I think they shot this actually in another country. Cause I want, I watched one of the interviews and I heard them mention, um, uh, being oh yeah you're right yeah in Athens Greece they said it was it was really hot when mm-hmm. they were filming there interesting um, yeah I think uh, and a lot of the style comes from the art direction so when you see somebody in a chair I don't even know if that was explained a lot like when they're eating why does it feel like super uncomfortable when they're eating or whatever and it's like a chair that's like moving around like this is unnecessary like <laughs> You know, yeah, what I'm saying? I, yeah it, it it didn't seem like super functional. Like the the technology is so foreign and alien. Like trying to understand how it works, but it, it doesn't look like it's working. Like even the bed this guy sleeps in, yeah, that's supposed to make things comfortable for him. It seems to be malfunctioning. But 
And then when he's sitting in this chair and he's trying to look at the food to his mouth and, and trying to eat and like I'm like, it doesn't look like this like this technology is working very well. Yeah. This this whole movie is like a nightmare. It's it's <laughs> it feels like it feels like you stepped in somebody's nightmare. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, how did I get here? Yeah, it's uh yeah, kind of rough. Again, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, themes. What kind of themes did you pull out of this uh, film? I've got a couple of themes here. All right, I have themes of evolution slash mutation. To add to that, I put evolving away from humanity. Mm, and that's where I feel where mutation is taking place. And mm-hmm. I feel that there's a, a portion of society slash maybe even regulatory bodies yeah. that want people to evolve but don't want them to mutate. And I feel that some people are going to become like, be considered like mutants. Mm-hmm. And, and then you kind of get into like almost like some X-Men stuff where there'll be a group of people who are, who are evolved in a certain way or with certain abilities that mm-hmm. make them distinct. And then they'll be either looked down upon or ostracized like this new group that's rising up that, that are able to, to consume plastics. Um, yeah, or like uh, Saul himself, who can produce new organs at at, at seemingly at random, but potentially maybe uh, maybe um, with uh, willpower. Yeah. Um, also, art out of anarchy. Yep, I had the same. I had that as well. Or art, art out of chaos. Uh, I had also. Uh, oh, I said earlier, giving create giving creatively from within. Um, surgery is the new sex. Yeah, that's why I had it. Yeah. yeah, I think that pretty much sums up the movie right there. Yeah, like how do you associate that? Those don't go together. So I'm like, I, I'm out in a pain-free, uh, painless society. Uh, it, it seemingly it does. Yeah, you know, and then like again, like rule reversals again, like and again, um, my girl, uh, the uh, Caprice, the actress that plays Caprice. She jokingly said to uh, to Vigo, uh, Leia, Leia Sado, 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 who's a beautiful, beautiful actress. Um, she mentioned, you know, like, again, it's like, like she's penetrating him when she's doing the, like, surgery stuff. Wind? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huh? Um, yeah, so, like, she's literally penetrating him with the the machine or whatever that's that's cutting him open and searching through his his organs and he's 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 taking pleasure from it like he's he even asked Cronenberg when they were like rehearsing he was like okay well how much pleasure am I am I getting from this and Cronenberg said there's no limits <laughs> okay um and then I put a theme of 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 and I got this from one of his interviews that Cronenberg said, but plastics and microplastics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got for, for themes uh, there. Uh, I do have from a director point of view, um, he talks about in the <clears throat> special features in the interview that um, each project is kind of its own thing because some, you know, with his um, uh, body of work, we kind of judge him based on the body of work and there's expectations for the next thing. Every director is different. You know, David Cronenberg is, 
you know, he mentioned in that inter- one of his interviews, he was just like looking at his old work or anything right. like that. And he's like, it's like he's de- definitely a different director. Like other directors like to look at their work, they enjoy, it. they, you know, you know, they know that an audience is coming to see them specifically from the stuff they've done in their past. And like, what do you have now, James Gunn? What do you have now, uh, uh, Tarantino? He he also is a, a self-proclaimed uh, not uh, nihilist, atheist, and atheist. Yeah, but sure. also also like I mean, from a belief standpoint, an atheist, but also from a philosophical standpoint, I think he also said he was a nihilist as well. Oh. Um, just like he sees he he he's he's fine with the concept of ceasing to exist and nothingness, and what people see as like when they use the term body horror to him, it's. Uh, it's just the body. Yeah. It's kind of how he sees it. It's, it's fascinating. Um, yeah. But his perspective. And it makes sense why, because it's not really a barometer because like if you, for somebody like that, it's like, what's evil, what's good. There's no barometer. So it was just like, life is just life, you know? So it was like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why, <laughs> you know, and we're kind of trained to like, kind of follow a story of, okay, who's our villain? Who, who's the person that we're, who's our protagonist? Who's this, you know, that's what we're kind of expecting in a story. Yeah. Yeah, but when everything is kind of even, I'm like, yeah, it makes us kind of struggle. Yeah. And that's what we're, we're struggling with this. And even, even with the, even in one image, you said there's, there's really no villain in this. Nope. Like, huh? You know, people have their perspectives and they have their, um, uh, their motivations, but nobody's really a, a villain in this. Uh, I, and it's interesting. I, I, I found it interesting because even like people's roles are, are, are blurred again. Like with Saul, I'm like, okay, like what's, what's what quote unquote side is he on? And I'm, I'm like, I'm not quite sure. And then like with, with um, Caprice, I'm like, all right, she's doing this thing with him. But then she goes to this one show and she sees this model who's having her face, you know, like, mutilated but it's like beauty for her and invites her to come back to the room or whatever sometime and then she ends up getting these implants in her oh yeah Caprice, in her forehead I was like dang like, jacked her up I was like, yeah well not quite as attractive as before Caprice. i have it for the smooth forehead <laughs> not a literal five head <laughs> but these are these are new times yes yeah, um, different but but even like those the the, the women who were the technicians for the machine. Yeah. Like one moment they're working on it and like they're in awe of it. And then the next moment, like they're both like naked, like laying on it and like kind of Ooh, playing around. <laughs> they're naked on it, playing around. I'm like, that was quick to go from like, you know, with, you know these, these professionals working on it. And then all of a sudden they're murking people. Oh, I'm yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> what is your job description? Like there, you see this guy, you know, he was in this, in, in, in the, the the crappy chair yeah and all of a sudden somebody comes in and next time you see him he's got holes yeah in him and then at the very chair end is still moving yeah <laughs> and then at the end we see our main guy who was gonna lead this revolution the kid's father you know he sees that you know the autopsy went bad like this this idea of having his kid autopsy in front of an audience was gonna you know oh go well <laughs> now he's sitting on the steps distraught and those two girls just come up pull out the drills right in the back of the head. Like they drill this dude's skull. Like this is the first. And also that's the first person that we see that's crying. So does he feel pain? I think uh, like emotions. Well, even Saul feels some pain because he talks about his pain receptors. Discomfort. He talks about his pain receptors kind of like moving around or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
But good question. I mean, when they kill him, does he does he feel pain when it happens, or is it just that again the brain being drilled into? Just, I mean, have having had a stroke, I know that something moving around in your brain, different pressure parts, is going to cause different reactions. <laughs> but for he was him, cr- it, for him, it was death. But it, <laughs> but he was crying because of what happened with the aut- autopsy thing. So I was like, that was the first person we've seen in here that's crying. Wait, no, that's a lie. We've seen uh, his wife cry. Because of what happened to to his to her son, right? And what I think she did. I think we see Caprice cry or get emotional at some point. Okay, um, when she's dealing with with Saul when they're in their conversations. Okay, um, either that appreciation for beauty or, or whatever. But uh, but yeah, but those women like just all of a sudden like being these mercs. I'm like, are they undercover? Like I just don't know who's on who's who. Like, what 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 is their like agenda? It's it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That could be a, a sequel to this. I feel like there's more story in this world. I'm, I am kind of curious about that. Yeah, you said you should be more. I'm like, I'm curious about this. A whole world, and then world. just how everything's so even. Like, there's no villain. There's no one to root for. It's this movie's pretentious. There, yeah. I said it. It's, 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 uh, it's, it, is, it is reaching for something. Yeah, it's pretentious. I'm not quite sure what. Here it is. This is what it is. Guy. <laughs> Don't worry about it. $35 million gone. Um, Wrestle with it. But yeah. I, 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 do, I do like when I saw in some interviews, Cronenberg talking about, when he talked about the, the, the plastics and, and kind of saying that the, yeah. the future, and even in what uh, the, um, the guy who gets killed at the end, what he was trying to say with his group coming forward, uh, that is fat, and the fact that his son was naturally born to be able to consume plastics, excuse me, versus being surgically altered, altered to do so, yeah. is that kind of then the future would be like in order to get rid of some of the waste in the in the in the world, is that people be able to actually consume plastics in a, in, a, in a healthy way, even though we're kind of all consuming. we're already doing that anyway, exactly. And Cronenberg goes to talking about kind of like microplastics and things like that, um, laffy taffy. I mean. Some of the cheese, it's not real. Mm. Yeah, a lot of fruit products are created out of petroleum. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, the filler in McDonald's burgers. Come on. Yes, sir. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, also another point from the director's point of view, he said that uh, crimes committed to the human body against itself. Mm-hmm. That's one of the point of views of this film. I don't know what to what to pull out of that. Um, but that's his point of view. Cronenberg. Yeah. Um, do you have any memorable scenes, any favorite scenes? Do you have any favorite scenes? Favorite's <laughs> a little strong for this film. Um, so, okay, yeah, okay, I will mention when do 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 when, because um, you know, I'm kind of wondering the nature of the relationship between Saul and Caprice. Yeah, and and he's mainly been on the table. And I think this is after after we've already seen a, a scene of no, they hadn't actually don't think they had they'd actually done their first not their they hadn't done a show yet. Uh-huh. But she's like on this on the the table, whatever, and she's she's naked, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know. He, He's there and he and he's trying to like work the machine or whatever and then he accidentally like 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 it like yeah, stabs it gives her a sty- yeah. like like right above like the chest in the yeah. chest area and you, you know you face me like ah but this she's is, like this doesn't go together she's okay. like 
eh, it's okay. You know, I'm like, what is happening? But then I, I, I the, the actress's face looks familiar. And then finally, I, I, I was like, wait a minute. Like, she looks familiar to me. Initially, I couldn't tell. And then finally, I, was, I looked up. And I'm like, oh, she's from, again, a movie I'd seen years ago. Blue was the warmest color. Oh, Caprice um, is. Okay. And that's probably why she's okay with her nudity. Yeah, because there is quite a bit in, in that one. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm glad to see that she's still, you know, doing keeping her thing. it together. Yeah, she's still doing her thing and still, still acting. Um, yeah, that was that was only like out of the scenes. I was just like, oh, okay, like that felt a little look, normal. Look, a little bit of relief, and then they bring knives to yeah, the sex. I didn't bring in the blades. <laughs> now they're they're laying there together, both both naked, and just they're having this machine randomly. They just ruin everything. Just feel, like, I was like, thanks, Cronenberg. Like, oh. Yeah. Well, if you're into cutting, um, <laughs> this film could be for you. <laughs> Step right up. Step right up. <laughs> oh, um, so that was that. That was memorable. Uh, what else? Uh, what, the, what ear man, the ear man dancing. That was memorable. I was like, this is, there's no point. Mm. But um, it makes you watch. This is what passes for entertainment in this in this in this world. Uh, when the when uh, the officer, let me get his name, the only brother in the film, Cope, C O P. When when Cope is is interrogating our two people who are the head of the department, uh, Kristen Stewart's Timlin character and Whippet, mm-hmm. he's, when he's kind of interrogating them and 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 asking them questions, like I feel like we get more. Kind of our biggest insight into kind of like the the, the world uh, is during that time, and I and I just found that uh, interesting. When Kristen Stewart, when she when she brings his name Saul, right? Mm-hmm. When she brings Saul into her office, and she's like real interested, and she keeps walking towards him. He like keeps stepping back away from her, like, he's like yeah, okay. He's like very uneasy around her. I'd, as a scene with them acting, I thought that was an interesting scene. It was well and, I, and I like that when she starts like to. She, the way the way she approaches him because this like actually seems like like so okay some like normal physical attraction stuff even though she kind of his mouth is open she kind of reaches in with her fingers like she's gonna pull a tooth out or something yeah I'm like okay is she gonna pull something out of this guy but she kind of reaches in and then she goes like and she like kisses him and then he finally says I'm not good at the old the old sex stuff or whatever I'm like I'm, I'm like ah what kind of movie is this I'm like you know these guys are just no fun. <laughs> like, we, like it's like okay, they're close to something kind of normal. But it's like, oh, that's these people are are uh, different. These yeah. are different kinds of people. He called it the old sex. Yeah, they, I'm, I'm no good at the old sex. You like to cut up stuff. Uh, when Saul goes to visit the mother in jail, mm-hmm. and just the conversation he has with with her and her, she's like so sure about what she's done. And like saw her son as a complete monster. Yeah, I'm like, so they say there's no villains in the film. I'm like, ah, you're a villain. Like that's you, you, you murked your son because he was a plastic eater. Like, <laughs> and she thought she thought she thought that her the husband had created the son, um, had turned him into this plastic eating mind, but it was just all biological. Like he he just evolved. He came out that way. Mm. Uh, Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe she is. But, you know, she was, she's a villainish, but, or just 
I don't know. It's hard to say she's a bad person or whatever it is. She murdered her son. But she turned herself in. She said, like, yes, I did it. I'm guilty. And so we don't have, there's no other villain. <laughs> so <laughs> she turned herself in to open and close case. Yeah. It's because she just, she turns herself in. Like she did it. Yes, I did it. Yes, she's she like, I'm guilty. I, premeditated yes. murder. She, that, that, is, that makes her a little, uh, that makes her like uh, Mr. Glass in Unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> Just man. Yeah, but so we don't have the whole movie of tracking her down or anything like that. She is in jail. She she told them what went down. Yeah. And her reason for it. And then in the end, her, her husband ends up getting murked. It's like, huh. Not much uh resolution there. It's like, yeah. Um, also a memorable scene is the creepy joystick that uh <laughs> This little sponge with lights on it. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's it looks like it's almost a little accordion kind of thing. It's gross. Yeah, it, but again, more it's organic, squish, squishy, and lighting up, and it's more or organic, like yeah, organic. Uh, what's the word? Like endocrine technology. It's just yeah. Again, it feels very alien. And I say alien, I mean like the, the alien franchise. Like yeah. like a, like xenomorphic, yeah. pred- predatory-esque. Mass. Yeah. It's just, things are, are scaly mm. and... And he's touching the buttons and all the buttons, are, it's controlling the autopsy bed. And that's what they're using to cut their bodies open to display their organs. So he's using this little squishy device to do that. Mm. I just thought that was just nasty. Yeah. I, I I agree, uh, and then also again when when uh, Braden, the the dad of the plastic eater, and he's a plastic eater himself. When his kind of origin is revealed, when we find out that he was actually that he's you know over a group of people who have all chosen to become genetically modified via surgery to be able to consume plastic, and that there's a whole group of people, a movement of people across the world who have all undergone this procedure and in different ways based upon their culture or their faith, things of that nature, but, uh, are, are, are to be this movement in that for some reason his, his son's death was an autopsy were supposed to show that this could be a natural thing. And yeah, he, cause his son was the first one that was born naturally to do this without having to be able to procedure. consume. But, uh, yeah, but, I didn't, yeah, and some of that I didn't catch. I was just like looking, <laughs> just glaze over my eyes watching this movie. <laughs> Where did I go wrong? <laughs> yeah, but the, like those things again. Obviously, there's there's a lot of you know this cut. I, okay, we're talking memorable scenes. All right, so when Saul first comes, he comes back home after meeting with the one doctor who's gonna who does a procedure on him and. He, he 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 arrives back home and Caprice sees him, and uh, he lifts his sh- shirt up, and um, and she she says it to him, but I'll, I'll save that for my quotes. Mm-hmm. And they they talk whatever, and all of a sudden they start to get intimate. But in this world, it's not the normal intimate. No, she literally. Like goes to his 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 new his new abdominal zipper in his stomach. Then he's yeah. got a he's got a horizontal slit in his stomach that can just be zipped open. And she opens it up and starts to to make out with his his stomach. And he's like, "Careful not to spill." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
And uh, that's that's uh, yeah. Well, again, what's considered sexy in this era is uh, somewhat uh, repulsive to to most people. <laughs> but this may be your bag. I don't know. But it's just like, and again, the sound effects are all there. Her, you know, yeah. Careful not to spill. <laughs> <laughs> Not to spill. Oh, horrendous. Yeah. Any other memorable Uh, scenes? uh, I think that's it. It's all like its stomach. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be careful not to spill. uh, (laughs) Was there any tropes? Did you get any tropes? I had one trope. And that was this uh, the saliva used to break down materials. For me, it's a callback to the fly. With one uh, Seth Brindle. Watch very closely, kids. Brindle fly. Ranks down. Donuts. Yeah, that's, that, that was in my mind. I'm like, oh, the little white stuff. And then, of yeah. course, him using that on not only donuts, but on that one guy's ankle at the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good times, Cronenberry. Good times. Good times, man. <laughs> Oh man! Have the mighty have fallen? Oh man! Uh, this kind of makes me want to watch the fly again. <laughs> the cleanse my palate. I had to go. I had to go to the fly to <laughs> cleanse my palate after this. Uh, I think it kind of shows that you know taking a break from directing or anything that you're good at, whatever you know. Sometimes some rust there. Crimes <laughs> <laughs> of the future, rusty, a rusty return. <laughs> Oh, oh man, go ahead, take a lap, take a couple laps there, Cronenberg. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> warm up. Just don't dust off a script and We're take gonna it. need some wind sprints out of you. <laughs> some directorial wind sprints. Oh man, even even like some of the actors in the in the behind the scenes. It was like, yeah, I was uh, <laughs> they. I don't believe them. Like when. They, uh, yeah, it's the only thing going during the pandemic. You know, I don't know. You know it's hard to find work during the 2020. It's all right you know? <laughs> what do you want to do? Put some glue some mirrors on me? Okay, let's do it. Let's go. Uh, they look uncertain. The, the, <laughs> the actors look uncertain. That's all I'm saying during yeah. the behind the scenes. I, I don't, uh, don't blame them. But, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes you used to go for it, you know? I mean, Kristen Stewart is an actress. I, I like Kristen Stewart. Yeah. I like I like a number of her her projects. Um, Twilight being the main one. I've never watched I'm any just, of Twilight I just stuff. Felt like that, <laughs> yeah, see, her and Pattinson, they get a bad rep for Twilight because that was their first. I mean, and it was, it was very popular. Hits. It was hits. No doubt, no doubt. But Everybody they, wants a hit. Yeah, that's true. It got them work. It, yeah, it, it launched them. It absolutely launched them. But they, they are, they are both amazing actors. Yeah. And some people don't give them enough credit for uh, some of the other roles that they've taken. Um, but I like Kristen Stewart but you know she saw this and I, and I like that she'll take risks I, I, I respect people going for it like even if it's something different unique yeah. they see something in it uh, and she's one of those actresses like she's yeah, I think an, an actor's actor Yeah, like she okay what, what's in it what's, what's different what's unique go for it yeah cool agreed but uh they look reluctant. They look. They. They. It's like ah, that's why I was so short. The this feature, uh, this special feature. Anyhow, um, I didn't have any tropes. Um, do you have any quotes? Uh, yes, I have two quotes. First one's from Caprice, and this is actually when she sees uh, Sal coming back from having his 
a procedure done. He lifts up his shirt. And she's like, what's this? Cut yourself shaving? I was like, okay. All right, all right. How about you? You got any quotes? My only one was one I said just a second ago. I'm not good at the old sex. Ah. <laughs> I think that's worth writing down. Uh, this was my only other quote is by our guy who gets killed, Braden. Uh, he says, we have to start eating our own industrial waste. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Which is the whole reason why, yeah, he got himself transformed and do whatever procedures he could eat his, um, rubber bars. I don't know, the <laughs> polyurethane bars. Yeah, it had a whole factory going. I was like, oh, it had wrapping on it. It looked this yeah. little silver wrapping. They got branding over here. Like yeah. what's? And it, like throughout the movie, he was just like randomly like pop one open and <laughs> start eating it. I was like, <laughs> wow. It uh, like is that is that like uh, artificially flavored? Is that raspberry? Yeah. Is that a, <laughs> raspberry and polyurethane tastes like oil and. <laughs> Is that a hint of uh, petroleum <laughs> that I that I taste? Man, he just like like a big I don't know laffy taffy. He's just he's just yeah he's going in on it. Uh, I really wondered what that was made out of. Oh yeah, yeah. It almost looked like a like a like a weird protein bar. Ah yeah, purple protein bar. Yeah, the old power bars. And I wonder where Caprice like got some before before that guy was killed because she had some there for. Uh, for Saul at the end, yeah. she's like, put a little box, pulled one out. I'm like, oh, hmm, hmm. Um, any more quotes? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, do you have any questions for this director or producers? <laughs> I put one question. Why? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I put that before I watched some of the interviews with Cronenberg, and then I got. So some better insight. Again, I think really for me, hearing him say that, that just like any other artist, like when you, when you go to make something and put it out there for the world, you really are reaching inside of you and then putting that on display. And that's what, at least what Saul and Caprice do with their, their work. They're mm. exposing their, their insides. And, you know, she tattoos stuff on his, on his organs. So I'm like, okay, I can, I can buy that. And then the whole angle of, uh, at least with Braden, the whole okay, can being able to consume our industrial waste by being able to consume plastics, but like readily available to to take it, not not just tolerate it in the body, but actually use it as nourishment, and it being a, a source of uh, protein and and uh, yeah, sustenance. My question was the same as yours: Why did you make this movie? That yeah, that, that's what I thought. Why did why in in uh, in the interview that you had sent to me, um, the uh, the guy was like, you know, are you like the directors that, you know, I, I make movies for me, or do you care about your audience? And Cronenberg said he cares about the audience. To me, I felt like he didn't. Um, in this one, <laughs> that's why I say that I feel like it's more pretentious. It's all about you know getting his idea across. Um, because I don't. It turns off so many. I think it it would turn off a lot of audiences. I'm I'm very I'm very curious again because it was received for my understanding it was received well at cons and with the Palm Dior the nomination from the Palm Dior things like that. So 
I don't know, man. You know, and then they're, they're on interviews with Variety or whatever. And I'm, oh, you people hadn't seen this movie. You know, and you're, <laughs> you're like, you're promoting like that. So I, I, I'm, I'm curious to kind of research a little bit more to see like yeah, what like some the, other reactions are. Because yeah. I, I just can't imagine. Man, could you imagine like first date <laughs> you taking somebody to this no. and them like, are you into? What kind of freak are you? Yeah. Like, like the lady in Taxi Driver, uh, what's his name? You don't hmm. bring a lady to a movie like this. Oh, Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> yeah, that that would be. I mean, that may even be like more tolerable than like something like this. This is like, uh, what do you? Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I may be more concerned if they said, "Oh, I really liked that." Mm. <laughs> oh, look at the time. Hey. <laughs> I got a I got a thing in the morning. <laughs> this thing I do. Yeah, I think I may have cut myself shaving. <laughs> um Yeah. I I Yeah, even though it was nominated there, I didn't it was I didn't see anything else, any other festivals saying anything about it or being nominated. It's not kinda of surprising that cons did nominate it, you know, considering like how kind of close to horror it is you know it's sci-fi but it feels like see, i don't know if this is horror no no i know it, it it's not it's sci-fi it's it's disturbing yeah 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 but it but it uh i don't know man i don't know it's uh yeah it's it, it's it's but it's 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 so different it's uncomfortable i i wonder because I'm never going to get into trivia, but he wrote this script all the way back in the late 90s. We're like between like 96 or 98 is when he wrote That was my only trivia, by the way. Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Written in 1996, Kristen Stewart thought that he was fever writing during the lockdown. Mm. But no, 1996. But yeah, he wrote it way back then and kind of set on it and didn't know that it didn't think that it would be relevant. Even then he knew that it wasn't for Maybe it's still way too ahead of its time. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, 10 years from now, like what this might mean or, or I don't know, the vibes it might give. And I, I wonder, I don't know, I don't wonder if, if in another country if this carries different. I think it, I think that's why the Cannes Film Festival it was nominated is mm. because it was a different and they're willing to, they're open to art. Yeah. You know, they want to see the art. Um I think that's why it, you know, from what foreign audiences, it does well. But it, this is not for American audiences. Yeah, because the the U.S. and Canadian gross was two point five million. Well, no, that's still split about even because the worldwide gross was four point six. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it made slightly, just slightly less worldwide versus what it did domestically. Eh. Hmm. Yeah, because it did about two point one million world or yeah globally. Um. Anyway, but so we on trivia. Oh, um. Yeah, trivia. Ah, okay. Uh, this was his first film in eight years. So we talk about some of that rust. Yeah, eight years uh, in between this and his last film. Uh, interesting fact, David. Cronenberg studied chemical biology mm. for one year in school in uh, in Canada. And uh, he doesn't see his films as dark, but realistic. And there's, there's, there's literally, 
His main character is walking around town in a in a ninja outfit. It's black. That's <laughs> just saying. Very true. Very, very true. Uh, David sees technology as who we are and what we become. Cronenberg uh, also, at one point, was offered films such as Beverly Hills Cop, Return of the Jedi, Flashdance, and Top Gun. All great movies that, you know, they, hey, he was, I'm glad he avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turned them, turned them all down. Um, some of his nicknames have been the Baron of Blood, uh, Body Horror, and Dave the Depraved. Uh, Scorsese was afraid to meet Cronenberg. Dang. Uh, based upon how some of his, 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 his films. That's, but, that's but, very interesting considering. Yeah, Cronenberg said, hey, you created Taxi Cab. I should be afraid <laughs> to meet you. But they finally met and they've, they've been uh, friends since then. And Cronenberg actually is, is, a, is a nice guy. Remember when we, when we covered The Fly? Mm-hmm. How we saw how people he had worked with, um, he's been working with for years. Yeah. Uh, they they kind of maintained uh, being a part of his crew. I think he wanted to let his own here. It had, had the been art with director. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, production design. Yeah. 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 Um, and then lastly, uh, Cronenberg had cataract surgery recently. And he says that has changed his, how his films look to him. He also wears hearing aids as well. And so he says, you know, I'm, he goes, I'm, I'm currently enhanced, you know, via surgery, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it um, and then I think that happened after he had already filmed Crimes of the Future. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, some uh, trivia. Now it's time for Filmmaker Tips. What you got? Have a connection between films. Cronenberg um, doesn't set out to do this, like, on purpose. Yeah. But, again, uh, when you watch this, maybe in some of the other films you might see some connections. You say those things may happen subconsciously, but he doesn't. He doesn't constantly try to do that. But as I mentioned, when I saw the kid with the with the white saliva, I instantly thought of the fly. I'm like, ah. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Cronenberg's films. Like Scanners, I think was Cronenberg. Also, um, yeah, no, Scanners definitely was Cronenberg. I waited a long time to see that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one definitely. Have you seen Scanners? No. Yo. Yeah, check. I'd say okay. I definitely say check that one out. All that right. that's a that's sci-fi, and you like you know, you know stuff's going down in that one, okay. and it's got our man Michael Ironside in it. But there's some I don't know. I, I think that one's fun. Uh, but yeah, you see some common things like there's gonna be like I mean, this one isn't like this isn't a violent film either. Like for like maybe that's why it's like you know uncomfortable. It doesn't have it's not violent. I mean, towards the end, I guess, yeah, there is a little bit of violence, but... Yeah, uh, there's, and the beginning, there's drill bits too. to the back of the skull. Yeah, and suffocating a kid. Like, uh, uh, yeah, at the beginning of the film. Yeah, it capsulates with uh, <laughs> violence. I strike, I, strike, I, strike, I strike my comment. There's some violence <laughs> in this film. <laughs> it's not like fun. It's not fun violence. This is not entertaining at all. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's entertaining, uh-huh. but, it's not, but it's not fun. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm... like. What's going on? Like you, you watch, you're like kind of like in awe, and you got you kind of yeah. And you're like, ah, I don't know what's going on here. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah I just uh, yeah. It just needs to be developed more. I just feel like he should spend some more time in it. Like there's a there's a great idea here. Mm. It's just not. It feels like it's not developed. It's like a sketch. It's not com- complete. All right, I'll give you that. Uh, another tip. Um, 
Oh, conflict is the essence of drama. So, you know, even though there's not a, a set main villain or protagonist, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there, but there is there is drama like within different different parties. Yeah, and it's hard to pinpoint like who actually is is for what. I think I think honestly, Braden has the, the clearest motivations. Mm-hmm. And his on his wife, like they, I think they have the clearest motivations in here. And I guess Caprice, her thing is clear. She wants to make art and and uh, modify herself, and she gets a rush out of that. And uh, but I still, I don't quite know what Saul wants. He's <laughs> <laughs> this thing is my throat. <laughs> now, let me try some plastic. <laughs> When Chris and Stuart tries to kiss him and licking each other's tongue, then you just start. <laughs> <laughs> Got a damn with sex. <laughs> just cut me. <laughs> just cut me. <laughs> oh man. And see, I, I, so, I was gonna say I wonder like about like things like marriage, but this guy Braden was apparently married to True. you know his his wife, the murderer. Yeah. Uh, so I guess there is some some concept of marriage. Their kid is the only kid I think that we see in the film. Yeah, we see one black guy. Yeah, maybe no. I think there was some uh, another black person in, in the background somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, only one that spoke. Yeah, only speaking role. Yeah, ah, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard sale. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of questions. Uh, and then lastly, being a human, in being a human, there is a, there, there is a, a love story uh, within the film. Again, we see Saul and Caprice, but again, no, no real villain. Yeah. I give this a two out of 10. You're welcome. I'll give it a, I'll give it a three. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a three. Three point five. <laughs> yeah. I probably would never watch this again. Even though I bought it. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to justify when you're gonna have a just a, a, a itch to say, you know what? I feel I feel this some crimes of humanity. I would feel bad gifting this to somebody. Oh man. It's free. You know? <laughs> I'll <laughs> be like you'd you'd come home and you'd find this you'd find this thing like uh, somehow stuck in your windshield. <laughs> oh, guess they didn't. I guess they didn't like it. Like it would feel like a crime to <laughs> to gift this, you know. And again, I, I don't know. You know, we don't like to. I don't like to. You know, bash. Yeah, bash, okay. bash your film. And again, this, it's. It, I I can't say I, that I even want to like this. It. I try to find something. It's kind of like um, <clears throat> when we covered the last Black Man in San Francisco. It's um, for me. It wasn't like like entertaining for me, but I could kind of respect the art, and I found something in it to like. Sure, and there were at least there were at least some scenes that you could say, "Oh, I, I, you know, this, you know, we say favorite slash memorable scenes because yeah. some scenes, some movies maybe don't have scenes that we that are our favorite that no. we liked. Yeah, last Black Man in San Francisco, there were some scenes that I liked. I yeah, liked absolutely. the skateboarding scene. I liked the scene at the end where Jonathan Majors is doing his play. Yeah. Yeah, there were some like favorite scenes, but in this, I can't say like I said, "Oh, that was my favorite." It was, I remember, okay, memorable scenes. Uh, 
but yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough one. You see that you you all can hear we're kind of struggling. We're like, ah, sorry, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't want to bash the film, but it, you know, hey, it is what it is. Can't lie. Yeah, this is this. We've seen a lot of films, and this one is is uh, is unique. It's it's a, it's a rough one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take us on. Yeah. Okay. What are we gonna watch next time? <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave this land. Mm. Uh, next time coming up on filmmaking commentary, filmmaker commentary, we are going to dive into darker realms yet still as we review Pearl or is it X? I thought we were doing X first. It's got to be Pearl first and then X. Are you sure? Pearl is first and then X follows. I thought it was X. I thought X was released first. Pearl was released in, well, maybe I'm off. Okay. One second here. We're digging, guys. Look up Pearl. I'll look up X. Okay. Por favor. All right. X was released in March. Yeah, you're right. It would be X first and then Pearl. Booyah. Because Pearl came out in September. Mm-hmm. All right. Almost, so, almost so, 2023. It was gotcha. Like, so, so, we get, so we get X and then, then we get the prequel, basically. Okay, gotcha. Woo! So next up, we'll be diving into the world of X. Then, followed by that, we'll be diving to the world of Pearl. So if you want to, you know, you know, prepare early, that will be the, our, our next two films, X and then Pearl. And you can catch us where? Facebook.com forward slash Filmmaker Commentary. We're also on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. Please like us and give a review. We're also on Twitter. He is at Reggie Titus. I'm at KCG Smith32. You can also catch us on the gram at Filmmaker Commentary. He is at Reginald Titus Jr. That's JR. And I'm at KCG Smith32. Until next time. Peace. Respect. <laughs>